Brave Little Toaster isn't on Disney Plus, so I kind of feel like the entire thing's a flop. It's not. It's not. There's. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's a licensing issue because um, I don't. I don't know. If, can you access Disney Plus on a browser? I don't know. I'm not currently uh, in a condition where I can access Disney Plus under uh, with with any device. But yeah, we'll maybe, we'll, we'll, get we'll get to get, that. We'll get to that. Um, let me search on the Disney Plus app. No, so you have Brave Little Toaster to the Rescue and Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. But you don't have the uh, the titular uh, Brave Little Toaster that people remember as being scary as hell uh, with that really creepy air conditioner. There were sequels to Brave Little Toaster? Of course there are. Remember, this is, this is the Walt Disney Corporation. They did Lion King one and a half. They <laughs> made like eight TV shows around Lilo and Stitch, which was not a good movie to begin with. I think I think I've mentioned this on the show before, maybe even somewhat recently, but one of the things I appreciate appreciate you uh, the most for mm-hmm. is knowing so much about topics that you just don't care about. It's it's very impressive. Wait, what does that mean? What do you, wait, I mean, like, what, how did I imply a, I don't care? You, you you don't like Disney. You very I reluctantly. Like uh, no, I I like Disney. I don't like the I don't like the, the theme park. I, I won. I, yeah, I don't I don't like all the the business around Disney. <laughs> if Disney was a nonprofit, if Disney was PBS, I'd be all for it. But then the the the, the conservatives would try to cut their funding. Um, no, it's just I don't. There have been a lot of people posting that they've because I uh, I follow a lot of designy people um, in the like the San Francisco like tech design scene, and a lot of them are like you know the adult Disneyland people, which we've which we've talked about and we won't get into. But yeah, everybody's going to the new Star Wars Awakens Land or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I kind of like I don't know. I just don't care for it's like it's, I'm not against it. I just don't care about the theme parkification of Disney and a lot of the Disney branding exercises. Like I like the content. Like, I mean, uh, just like every child of the late '80s and early '90s. Um, uh, like I mean, the the Disney Corporation kind of shaped my childhood. And we got the Disney Channel on the Cox Communications free preview weekend because we were because mm-hmm. <laughs> we were not uh, wealthy, so yeah, we we're fine. But I mean, but the, like, yeah, we're not springing for expanded digital plus or whatever got you the Disney Channel more than nine days a year. Yeah, we were the same way. Yeah, um, I told I, I told you the story in the past about how I discovered there were more channels, right? It doesn't sound familiar. We had a thing where we had old TVs where they only had like a VHF tuner from channel two through 36. But then one day we got a VCR and I figured out that you could use the VCR's tuner to access channels beyond 36. And it opened up a whole new world. What's beyond 36? Uh, Like there was like MTV and Comedy Central that we were channels we were ostensibly paying for, but were um, inaccessible until I figured out that you could use a a uh, sharp VHS player as a TV tuner. <laughs> it was a big day in the house. Uh, so Disney Plus. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus in a second. Um, but yeah, no no Brave Little Toaster. The content is slate is pretty impressive, and it looks like Disney's not holding back on a lot of stuff. But there's weird stuff that I searched for that just wasn't there, which I assume is for licensing rights. Right. And also seems weird that um, a lot of the ABC content isn't there like there's a lot of abc sitcoms like i was hoping to be able to catch up on but that stuff is not there and i don't really know why because disney like abc is wholly owned by disney right yeah but this is this is the thing that jason snell talks a lot about how 
on the TV side, it's pretty common for networks not to own the content that they're broadcasting. Yeah, that that makes sense, but you feel like some of it would be there because nobody's going to pay for an overload. Like, there's not going to be a CBS All Access equivalent of ABC. Like, who? That's not. That's going to be like a fourth string streaming platform if that ever if they ever try to make that a thing. So now I, I get it. Where like you'll see an ABC sitcom that is actually produced by Warner Media and somehow is related to CBS. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I assume on the TV side, a lot of that stuff is related to licensing. On the movie side, I'd be a little more interested because, as far as I know, Disney produces all of their own content with movies. Like, they don't, it's not like they partner with, you know, third party studios, or it's not, it's not like presented by Disney or something that you see. Yeah, it in always front of a feels movie. like, like 20, uh, 20, is it 21st Century Fox? I think that's the movie brand. But their stuff's always like in conjunction with somebody else, like like Lionsgate or like um, what's the the DreamWorks? Who's that owned by? Is that owned by Comcast? I think I have no idea. But I think yeah, like all of those movies are generally like collaborations where it does feel like um, Disney movies are almost always wholly owned by Disney. So yeah, so you you did your um like Founders Edition mm-hmm, or whatever yeah. it was called um of Disney Plus where you are on the hook for three years. Which is good, because that price is definitely going up, as we've talked about. I have the privilege of having Disney Plus for three years, and I'm not on the hook for anything. It's a, it's a privilege. As a, as a founder. <laughs> so, you, so you can watch The Mandolin or whatever. And, mm, God, mm. Oh, it's killing me. I haven't watched any of that stuff. Yeah. It's so nice to have zero interest in it. Um, I'm glad it's a, it's a new moment, and I, and I hope... Again, I, I hope Disney nurtures the franchise. Like They seem to be... Um, milking it pretty hard but yeah i I hope there's something left yeah um and then apple tv plus have you anything there same story as with disney plus i literally do not have a way of really accessing that stuff unless i just want to watch it on my ipad in some random location like an animal (laughs) like i i very much appreciate that you uh, I'm 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 putting words in your mouth that but that you think TV and movies are not meant to be consumed on phones, tablets, or laptops unless you're on a plane. Yeah, well, I yeah, that's like ninety five percent true. I, I think there are some shows like I'll you know just because it's it's something I've watched recently, like Modern Family. I think on the iPad, kind of in any context would be fine. I mean, you'd prefer it on a TV, yeah. but that that show is um, actually very well made for HD, though. No, I, I it is, but I guess like one of the things that I've heard consistently about Apple TV Plus is the 4K streaming bitrate is like basically the highest of any streaming service. It is v- very well mastered for OLED. You will be you will you are in for a treat. So that's the thing is I even with something like the morning show, I, I don't really want to just watch that on my iPad. I would much rather wait to watch that on the OLED. Um, and then with uh, Disney Plus, it, it's the same story where like the Mandalorian, which I believe has been released in 4K, um, presumably looks really nice. And then even with like all of the Star Wars movies, they kind of surprisingly released all of those in 4K as well. So I'm not... I'm not just going to binge watch all that stuff, 
you know, on my little 11 inch, um, iPad. So I want to, I want to wait until, um, I have a couch again and access to my OLED again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately for the star Wars thing, apparently these are funky, uh, George Lucas edits or something where they're not the original one. There've been several things in my timeline that have passed by where it's showing that there's slight like editing tweaks and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, actually, before we go further into Apple TV Plus, can you explain why your uh, recording and living situation is uh, um, <laughs> uh, out of sorts? So we, so it's been two weeks since we've recorded. Three, um, I think. Wait. Uh, I guess we've missed two shows, so it's been three weeks. You're right. Um, and in that time, not only have two major streaming services launched, which is what we started the show with, but quite a bit's happened in the offline world and, and in some cases offline offline quite literally where we both were impacted by the power shutoffs here in northern california um, and then for me that transitioned right into a uh, kitchen remodel which i am still very very much in the midst of um, and part of that process is redoing all of our hardwood floors in the house so that they can carry those into the new kitchen. So I am currently sitting in my family room, ironically staring at the OLED TV, but um, there's kind of stuff all over the couch and I've sort of just moved said stuff over enough so that I can sort of uncomfortably sit down while having the Rode Podcaster propped up on the little coffee table here with my laptop literally on my lap off to the side is it being propped up by jojo's book (laughs) uh the microphone let's see no it's not jojo's book in this stack i think that's on the other side of the coffee table here so yeah the the house is in just sort of complete disarray at the moment but we we will discuss it when the time actually comes but can you give a preview is there any smart home component to this or is everything pretty much status quo other than maybe newer appliances that, well, no, that's that actually won't. That, none of that'll be smart. So the kitchen was kind of the one area of the home that didn't have uh, like good smart lighting because we had like a really old school light that I think there may have been a way for me to like try to hack something together, but I knew that this kitchen remodel was coming up, so kind of decided not to. So there'll, there'll be some Philips Hue uh, bulbs involved. Um, potentially we're do so we're doing like under cabinet lighting and Philips Hue makes the little LED lighting strips. So we may potentially yeah. use those. Yeah. But they have to be powered in a really strange way. Well, they, so, so does, so do all of those LED strips and our uh, contractors already going to be doing that for us. Mm. Um, but other than that, not, not really so much with the smart home stuff. Um, I mean, like our, LG refrigerator connects to Wi-Fi for some reason. <laughs> we certainly didn't buy it because of that, but it just happened to be the refrigerator that we liked, and it connects to Wi-Fi. Well, how else are you going to update the firmware on your kale? <laughs> and there's our show title. Hmm. So I'm here um, And then the only other kind of connected device is our dishwasher which, again, we did not select this dishwasher because of the Wi-Fi connectivity, but it 
came bundled with our range. And so it, it just was the, ref- it was just the dishwasher that we received as part of that package. So, um, so yeah, not, not too much in the way of, of smart home stuff, but, um, I think sort of like some neat, um, kind of kitchen gadgets that I'm look looking forward to were, um, having a microwave drawer installed in the island, which I've never, <laughs> I've never used one of those before. So that'll be kind of interesting. It's a very um, upper middle class phrase. Yes. Um, and then our kind of one little splurge item is we're also having a little mini wine fridge installed Ooh. in the island. So that'll be nice. That's good. But yeah, lots, I think a lot, probably lots more to talk about as, you know, the kitchen actually comes together. Um, but I guess the only other thing that to call out here that you maybe would appreciate being in the situation we're in now where we finished demo and they actually just started um, rebuilding the segment of the wall where like the refrigerator and the pantry are going to go. We were having a conversation with our contractor last night where he was just kind of giving us an update on stuff and walking through timeline and a couple of decisions we had to make. And it was just like one of those moments where it was just like, holy shit, like I'm in the middle of an HGTV show right now. Like this is exactly this is exactly the stuff that we that we watch in all these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's it's kind of nicer when you're watching it in TV form and it's only 30 minutes and it's somebody else's house and money involved. Mm-hmm. But you know. 22 minutes with skip mode. Yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. Okay, so when when you think it's done, or when will you have a final um, uh, recap for the for the audience? So I think it. I mean, it'll be like done, done. Hopefully, sometime in the middle of December. But oh, geez, um, yeah. But we'll be like we'll be in a position where everything except the countertop and the backsplash, which are also not smart home compatible, um. Everything except those things should be ready to go, like by the end of this month. So, yeah. Um, can we broaden this out back to the uh, PG&E PSPS? Please. Yeah. So yeah, it turns out like it's uh, fifty-two hours of when uh, it stops being fun, like or when it just starts being super annoying, and you're just tired. You're tired. You're tired of it. Um, yeah, that was, it was, it was a little rough, but the one thing I will mention is it really, really sucks to have to throw out all that food, but it does give you the opportunity to go make a massive, uh, TJ's run. (laughs) So that's, that's the silver lining. Uh, so I had to throw out a ton of stuff, but the one I will make a a super unprecedented early in the show chef special. Um, and this is because it's very timely. Um, and we need, we need to be mindful about getting the show out. Um, is it's the Trader Joe's turkey stuffing potato chips. Wow. Sounds like it would be gross. Sounds like it would be one of those weird, um, Lay's do me a flavor things. Like, you know, the one where they're like, oh, hey, it's chicken and waffles, but it's just regular potato chips. Is that what they call them? Do me a flavor? Yes. shut, Shut it all down. There's been a lot of reasons this week to shut it all down. I'm not sure that really cracks the the one. Um, I don't think we're gonna have time to get into Phil Schiller saying uh, poor kids can't learn, but we're not gonna go there. Um, I, bravo to CNET for burying that at the bottom, maybe, or shame on them. I don't know which part, but anyway. 
but yeah, so that the whole Lay's thing was do me a flavor, and that's that that always got a little excessive because most of those flavors were kind of gross. Um, crispy taco being the most egregious uh, bad flavor. <laughs> I had really high hopes for uh, I think it was called West Coast Truffle Fries. You would think a potato product. What, what makes a what makes a truffle fry West Coast? <laughs> I have no fucking. <laughs> is that like a is that a Guy Fieri thing? No, I do want to get a welcome to Flavortown uh, sign for my fridge or for my for my kitchen though. Yeah, you should. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I think it's that if you said truffle fries to anybody who's not on a coast, you would get smacked in the face. Maybe I don't know. If that's, <laughs> maybe that's what they mean. Um, I assume in Waco you can't say truffle fries. I, th- I think even uh, Chip will will <laughs> give you a kick. I'm headed towards the semi middle part of the country this weekend, so I'll I'll report back if I find any truffle fries. That's sufficiently vague. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going I'm going to to the Denver area this weekend, so oh, you get to see the chip irons. What would you call me? Um, is this have we? I feel like we've talked about everything. What is the the uh, Colorado? Iron Mountains. I don't know what they're called. Anyway, there's a, there's a brand of uh, potato chip called. <laughs> I feel bad that I'm I'm the potato chip expert, but uh, there's a brand called Boulder Potato Chips, and they have chip irons on them because there's an iconic set of three mountain ranges in the Colorado area that is visible very clearly from Colorado. That's on the packaging of their potato chips. It's not important or interesting, so we'll move on. The yes, anyway, the, the whole thing we threw out a lot of food, but the upside is I got to try those turkey stuffing potato chips, and they're pretty great. And go get them before they're out of season. Uh, please skip all the things that are either pumpkin spice or peppermint flavored at Trader Joe's. <laughs> I allow them. There's so much goodwill banked by Trader Joe's, but that uh, does test my um, my patience a little bit. <laughs> and if you still have the link, or if you can you can dig it up in the Slack. Um, I do really aspire to be a Trader Joe's influencer. And there was a really cool article somewhere on the internet because it happened two days ago, which might have well have been two years ago, um, about TJ's influencers who are mostly doing it out of the love of their own heart because Trader Joe's is great. Yeah, this was a uh, Vox article. We'll, we'll put that in the notes. That Oh, actually, go- going to that. So that was now now I remember um, it's it, uh, Vox has a like sub blog or like a column called The Goods which is actually really, really well done. It's just kind of about like the future of commerce and shopping, and I like almost everything they post. So yeah, people should go branch off of that article and go see if there's anything else they liked. And you should become a Trader Joe's influencer. I feel like that was what you were born to become. Uh, if, you, if I can find a way to get paid for it, oh man, yeah, I would. Um, I do know where all the, the mascots are at Trader Joe's, though. The what? Oh my God, are we not going to... We're not going to talk about anything useful today, are we? Um, Do we ever? Yeah. We're, we're here helping people every day. Um, so the Centerfell Trader Joe's has one, and I think her name is Robin. But basically, there's a Trader Joe's uh, mascot in every store where the whole point is that you can, to, to calm down your children, when you're shopping, to, uh, shopping with kids, you as you're walking through the aisles, you say, hey, go find the Trader Joe's mascot. And yeah, the one in the uh, downtown Centerfell uh, location is called Robin, and it's a stuffed Robin. And she has a little Trader Joe's crew member name tag. I don't know what the one in Larkspur is, but oh no, it's, it's a donkey named Shit. What is it? I'll think his, his, it, it'll his hit name, me in 20 his minutes. Name, his name is Shit? Ryan. <laughs> 
why uh why why are you why are you the worst <laughs> hold on now i'm gonna go into photos and look at my Jeep, uh, geotagged photos and try to figure this out because you're you're being terrible well also th- th- can we circle back to something for a second so you you suggested that part of the reason that trader joe's has these mascots is so that adults when they're when they're walking with their children can can just let their children run no, no. alone so th- looking no, for no. the mascot no no so they're in the okay hold on some real-time follow-up hold on. so i have this thank you apple this is even though photos for mac is so painfully broken almost all the time apparently this is the one time it actually worked uh let me see if i can paste this in the thing um this is very important because now now I have to I have to explain uh, the fact of why there was a swear. This thing. There we go. Okay, so this is the the one. Actually, I a uh, real time follow up that the one at the Larkspur location is a Robin named Robin who has a crew member name tag. So I feel like that's a very important detail. Um, and the no. Okay. So. Huh. I I did not know this was a thing. This is like the hidden Mickey in yes. the Disney parks. And then again, additional real time follow up. The downtown Larkspur or the downtown Center Fell location is a crew member named Rosie, and it is a sea otter. So, when the point is no, not to have your child run around. Well, so, the where's store. the where's the donkey? Maybe the donkey is Emeryville. I again, I should be a trader. <laughs> didn't, didn't this conversation start by you saying you knew where all of these were? I I go to many Trader Joe's, and I I this is why I have pictures of both of them. Yeah, Rosie's a pretty good one. Um, so anyway, the whole point is that you have your child in the cart (laughs) properly secured. And then while they're (laughs) bored, while you're looking at the, um, the garlic non and comparing whether or not you should get jasmine or brown rice, um, and whether or not you should pay the extra dollar 50 for the organic one, uh, the kid can be on the lookout for the mascot. And I think you get extra stickers at checkout if you found it. Hmm. This is, there's Trader Joe's culture you need to be aware of as a, um, upcoming parent. Awaiting parent, expecting one of one of those. Yeah, expecting parents the correct phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I when I have a kitchen kitchen again, I'll um, I'll get <laughs> food more will be more important. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just assume it's Blue Barn takeout every day. Well, we're you know I'm I'm complaining in a very first world problem sort of way, but we're we're lucky enough to have um, my wife's folks pretty close by, so we're we're staying with them. Yeah, Chateau de in laws. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But I've come, I've come back to my my messy home just to just to chat with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 listeners are going to riot in the streets because <laughs> I I felt kind of awkward doing this at their house. <laughs> if I'm being honest, yeah, they would. No, nope, not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, what were we talking about? Okay, do you have anything else on uh, before we go back to Apple TV? Oh, is that, is that what we're doing? Is that the new format? We start with the topic, hit some other stuff, and then go back to the topic? Yeah, I'm I'm very tired and scatterbrained, and I think you're not in a position to drive either. So, therefore, I think it's it's the blind lean the blind a little bit. Okay. Um, See, so yeah, Apple TV. So, can I admit to something that I don't think is a crime on the show? You really, really like the show C. No. So... Um, you know, uh, uh, Tim Apple. So I didn't want to, ex- I, I didn't really want to take his free gift, um, of a year of Apple TV. Cause that's what, he, that's what it is. It's a gift to be the people spending 
$1,150 on a phone that's too expensive. Um, so I didn't want that gift, but I was kind of interested in the morning show. So I found a place where it fell off a truck because I didn't want to auto renew uh, the Apple TV. Um, what? Wait, hold on. So you yeah. have you have not signed up for Apple TV. Plus. I have not on principle because guess what? If you uh, sign up for Apple TV Plus, it auto renews without telling you. Or I assume they'll send you one courtesy email before it renews. Hope I mean that, but this is new Apple, so I'm actually not sure of that. But if you cancel, like this is the weird duality or like like cast system of the Apple Store. If you're a third party developer and you have a subscription to Overcast or something, you can immediately like if if your Overcast subscription is good for a year, you can immediately go and say I don't want this to renew. But if you do that with Apple TV Plus you lose access to all the content immediately. So no, I didn't want to take my free of my free gift of a year and then I suddenly start getting charged $5 a month for um uh their TV products. Hmm, okay. Yeah, but so I I've only watched the morning show and this is coming from somebody who just really I am a huge sucker for um like uh, much like Dan Morin like TV shows within a TV show. I love that genre. And even though Aaron Sorkin is a horribly flawed human being and writer, uh, I love those shows. The morning show is fine. I don't know. It's not great. It's it's um it's very much like a like a USA uh drama where it's like smart dumb TV. Does that make sense? And I did not invent that phrasing, but where it's not it's not good, but it's just still very watchable. And also I, I like jennifer aniston in things that aren't friends so i like so i want i want it to be good and what everybody says is pretty much right which is that it the first episode i mean it's a decently strong pilot kind of loses its way over the next three episodes and kind of does pick back up i don't know if i'm gonna continue watching it after episode four but it's it's fine it just still kind of goes back to the thing of this is not something that apple needs to be doing but I mean, it's not like objectionably bad television, but also it's not extraordinary either. And I, that just keeps reminding me of the fact that it's just wholly unnecessary. So I think the, the, I think the two really interesting things that um, as someone who's not yet used Apple TV Plus, um, I've been thinking about these things because they don't really require actually using the service. Um, one is I've been really... I don't know why I was so surprised, given Apple's general lack of software polish over the last couple of years, <laughs> but I was still really surprised that it sounds like, you know, reception of the contents, like, not been overly positive, but also not, like, overly negative. Like, all all of the shows seem like they're they're fine. Like, none of them are great. None of them are awful. Sounds like um, C's pretty bad. Sounds like but... C's, C's pretty bad, but, you know not like a complete catastrophe but it sounds like the service itself or like the like the app itself is just is just really really buggy and bad sounds like it's not super intuitively designed um it also sounds like just basic table stakes features like syncing your progress across multiple devices or even resuming on the same device doesn't reliably work which is just kind of nuts. Um, but I, I get that stuff will get ironed out, I suppose. Yeah, but it feels like that again, and this is cribbing from somebody else's, I think this might have been um, 
Syracuse on ATP. But like, it seems like if you're Apple and your whole thing is like the marriage of software and hardware and blah, 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 like that kind of seems like that's where you should be great at. Right. Because you're not managing a back catalog of 4,000 media properties like Disney Plus is. Um, although, uh, side note, Disney Plus has been kind of not very, very hit or miss with availability because 10 million people signed up on the first day um, or in, in the lead up to it. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like I haven't actually had any first uh, because of the uh, um, way in which the content was obtained. I haven't really worked with the Apple TV section of the TV app. Um, but yeah, and it is also kind of weird where Apple, which kind of gives themselves every possible advantage to the point where I got an email saying Apple TV Plus was available. I got a push notification and a badge I couldn't dismiss on the TV app on all of my iOS devices. But then they kind of the TV stuff, it sounds like it's not that prominently displayed inside the TV app. So it just feels like that's kind of a, like, I mean, if you're, if you're going to cheat, why not go all in? Right. Yeah. Very strange. Um, and then the second thing that I've been starting to put some thought into is now what? Like there was, there was this, you know, years long build up towards the service and then it was finally announced earlier this year. And then there's been sort of even more intense build up in the months since then the service finally is out there there's kind of this initial flurry of first impressions and people's thoughts on the shows but like i don't know just like now now what like because there, there's because there's not there's not really anything super exciting that they've announced in the sh- in the short term and i just i just find it hard to imagine that i don't know like a year from now or two years from now that Apple isn't just sort of drowned out by the Disney Pluses and Netflixes of the world. So I think I think there are two possible outcomes. And realistically there are three, but I think there's only two outcomes. So one so if we if we pretend there's three, option one is Apple TV is a wild success. And I count that one out because that won't happen. The other ones are it either becomes like do you remember uh Beats Radio One? <laughs> Barely, but yeah. So I think it either becomes that where like it was a thing and like the service around it like apple music because of all the unfair advantages apple gives themselves with it like it's a commod it's a commoditized product it's it's the same music library and licensing agreements that almost every other streaming music service has so like of course it's going to be successful so i think maybe it's a situation where them being a middleman and apple tv channels becomes a success just because Apple kind of maybe gets its act together with TV building and Apple TV plus is kind of like beats one where it was a feature to launch the service, but kind of just nobody cares. And it just kind of, it's still like beats one still exists, but just nobody uses it. So it either becomes that or Apple just spins its wheels and keeps turning out weird, or like it keeps making stuff for the next four years. And eventually they, they just, uh, what do tech companies say? They sunset it. Like, I think those are the only two options. Yeah. Because, like, I, I just, like, it's never going to be, and, like, and I look forward to looking back on this in five years. Like, it's never going to be a money-making venture. Like, just how on earth could it be revenue positive? After all, like, because the, they're overpaying for the content because they're trying to woo people away from Netflix and Amazon, who themselves are also willing to way overpay for talent and ideas because, like, this is just, like, this land rush for um, establishing yourself as a digital media, pl- media player for the same reason Disney 
is grossly underpricing what Disney Plus is actually worth just to gain widespread adoption. So Apple to Apple's having to pay way more than they should for this content that's turning out kind of mediocre. I mean, which is fine. It, that just speaks to the fact that they don't need to be doing it. But yeah, like they're not. They're overall, it's gonna be a product that's like just on an accounting basis is gonna be totally in the red, and eventually they're just gonna. It's just going to fade away, like, and it's it's not like a an ecosystem play. Like, I really doubt, like, because they've put it on every possible TV. Like, it's not like a well, you need an Apple device, so you really want to watch that Jennifer Aniston show, so you therefore must buy an iPhone over a Samsung Galaxy. Like, that's not a thing either. So, yeah, I think it goes nowhere. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree. Um. So, do what is your what's your deal? So, once you do get into a uh, regular TV watching environment, like, do are any of the are you going to give any of the shows a try? Are there any shows that you are actually interested in? So, the lady friend is really interested in the morning show. She's a big uh, Jennifer Aniston fan, so we'll give that a try. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm personally interested in for all mankind. Mm-hmm. The premise there just seems really interesting, and that style of show seems up my alley. Um, that's that's probably that's probably it, really. Um, which is also compounded by the fact that there's just a ton more that I want to watch on Disney Plus than there is on Apple TV Plus. So, yeah, is there other than the the Mandalorian show? Is there any Disney original that looks good? Because like a lot of the Pixar, um, like uh, like what is it called universe stuff, seems really like half baked. Like I think Disney Plus on its own is a very worthwhile service, but other than the Mandalorian, that kind of seems like the only thing they're making that's really remarkable. Is that fi- unfair? No, I think I think that's fair. Um, like I mean, the back catalog stuff is totally worth it, but yeah, specifically for me with this new Star Wars movie coming out, I really want to go back and rewatch some of the originals leading up to that, um, which I'm especially excited to do because this is the first time that episodes one through seven have been available in 4K. So I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else on uh, streaming things? Uh no, as someone who's not spent a minute on either service, I think I think that's all I've got. Yeah, and then if you can throw a link in the show notes for the very good uh, Jason Snell article about the um, Apple's ARPU push and uh, the gift of Apple TV Plus. Oh, and then uh, rounding it out, there was somebody who made a really good, and this is a throwaway thing, and this will be like fifteen seconds of content. But like, they made a point of the Apple TV app to access Apple TV Plus on a box called Apple TV. I thought that was a really um. Like it was funny, but it was also like you know Apple, who is thought to be the uh, can do no wrong with branding thing. That is kind of weird. Yeah. So those will be in the notes. All right. What do you want? Do you want to break it up and not talk about Apple for a minute, or do you want to keep going? Let's just Apple all the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, AirPod Pros. You got them? Uh, you got them yet? I do not. No. Any interest in getting them? No. Interesting. Why? Not that you need to, but I mean, but like, uh, does noise cancellation not uh, draw for you? Do you find the comfort of AirPods regularly to be perfectly satisfactory? Yeah, the only time I want noise cancellation is when I'm on a plane. And 
nine times out of 10, when I'm on a plane, I'm sharing audio with the special lady friend. And we're not going to invest $500 into two pairs of um, AirPods Pros. So I'm, I'm going to stick with my QC35s, which I have the option of plugging in with a headphone jack and doing audio splitting that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there just, there just isn't any other situation where I really want noise cancellation. Um, like in my day-to-day use with headphones, the regular AirPods are absolutely fantastic for, you know, like around the house and in the office and in, in sort of quieter situations like that. And then when I'm out and about in noisier environments, I find the, um, was it the, the Bose sound sports? Those are the ones that. Yeah. Like they're kind of workout focused headphones. Yeah. Um, I find those to just to be a perfect balance between, you know, drowning out some of the ambient noise. Um, they're definitely a lot easier to use in noisier environments than, um, the AirPods are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually sort of, I like those style headphones when I'm out and about because, you know, I'll frequently have to take them off. And I I kind of like having the little wire because I can just very quickly take both out and then not having, you know, don't, don't have to worry about shoving them in a pocket or something. Yeah. So, yes, for, so for me, like the AirPods Pro sound really neat. And I think we'll get some of your impressions here in a second. Um, the technology is cool. The... Yeah, um, everything about them seems really neat. I just don't think they have a a, a place um, in my setup. Yeah. So yeah. So I I I was drawn in because I you you upgraded to the Gen two AirPods, right? Right. So I didn't. So my AirPods, the battery life was kind of getting worse and worse, and I was just well, why not? Just give it a try. So I think they're fine. But you actually brought up a lot of good points. Um. I'm somebody who's very much of the opinion that you can't uh, interact with people with AirPods. Like if if you're in line, like even if you're just like picking up your mobile order at Phil's or something, like I still feel like you need to pop out your headphones. And oh, just totally. Have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like even if you're not interacting with somebody, I just think that's like a politeness thing. And the thing about the AirPods is they, they have a, a cool feature called um, transparency mode where they'll use the microphones on the... Um, uh, on the headphones themselves to uh, capture audio on the outside and then while still having noise cancellation on, feed that back into your ears so you can, with a squeeze of the stem of one of the AirPods, um, like toggle between uh, noise isolation, noise cancellation, and um, hearing the outside world. But the problem with that is that you still have the earbuds in and if it's a situation where I'd want to hear what's going on around me, the vast majority of the time for like just politeness reasons i would want to take them out and even though the airpod pros are very easy to take in and out they do require more um intentionality in putting them and wedging them in your ear than standard airpods do right so you want to take them out less frequently which for me is really annoying because i'm somebody who will generally pop them out very easily because i just i'm not gonna be one of those people that will interact with somebody else while they have them in where the other person can't tell that you're not paying attention to them. So I find that super annoying. And I think your point about, even though I do like the power beats 
um, and the AirPods in general. That is one thing that I kind of do miss from the uh, sound sports that I don't use very often anymore is that if you just wanted to pop them out, they could just kind of drape over your neck and you don't have to worry about sticking them in like a small pocket on a running short or something like that. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I, you get that and then you also get I, I what I think is just sort of the perfect balance between... um. You know, you, you don't have true true noise cancellation, but they they do drown out enough noise where you can use them in relatively noisy environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the, but they still let in enough outside noise where you don't feel like you know you're not hearing important things, and they don't require that sort of um, kind of extra push into your ear like you were just describing with the AirPods Pro. Uh, that that I would say actually I do have to be fairly I, like I just have oddly shaped ears I guess where I do have to be more specific about popping in the sound sports I don't know but that's just that's just me personally it it also I mean I've never used an in ear style noise cancellation headphone like I know Bose has made a pair for a while but I've never used them they the the thought just sort of sounds uncomfortable. But everybody says that these things are are pretty comfy, so maybe that's just a bad assumption. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that actually you you brought up that's a good point. Um, actually, what did you just say? Oh, well, yeah. So the noise cancellation thing. So I guess I wasn't. I hadn't really looked at because I didn't pay attention to however Apple launched these, so I didn't look at the marketing material for it, and I was unaware that kind of they weren't advocating to use noise canceling when you're outside. And just the first time I got them, I was like, okay, let me go for a walk and get coffee. And I did leave noise canceling on for a while. And that is horribly unsafe. Oh yeah. Because the noise cancellation is actually surprisingly effective. And I'm not sure Apple really communicates that well enough that that should only be used indoors because you could really like that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, pedestrian accidents are very likely to happen just because the noise cancellation is the default mode on them and if you're just like oh i'm just walking around yeah i can't hear anything this is amazing i can hear my music great it feels unsafe and that's not apple's fault but it i don't know i'm not really sure what the solution is but um yeah wearing those outside with noise cancellation turned on is very bad mm-hmm. uh, effective but very bad so i don't know i would say they're they're good um, and I think most people should probably get the because here's the thing. So regular AirPods are 160. The wireless charging AirPods are 200. For regular AirPods, would you recommend people spend the extra forty dollars? I know you did, but would you say most people should? Uh, pro- I mean, probably not. Um, I-, I find the Qi charging to be incredibly useful. Um, and especially given how often I use my AirPods, I really like having them constantly charged because going to use them only to discover that the battery's dead has happened to me one too many times with those. So I really, I really like having the wireless charging, but but it, it's totally a, a nice to have, not a need to have. Yeah. So like if you're on board with a 199 for AirPods, that's the thing where it's, I, it's, I think it's really tough to not say get the pros because it's only $50 and they also have the wireless charging case. So for an extra 90 bucks, it's a tougher sell. Like I still think it's worth it, but yeah, other than the, um, social, um, 
like politeness aspect of them, I think they're better in almost every way, other than the fact that they take a little bit more effort to put in and out, which I think would make somebody less like, like I already think people like the etiquette with headphones in the Bay Area is just uh, abominable. But um, yeah, I feel like that I I have had numerous instances where I'm like, maybe, well, maybe I just will leave them in. And then I'm like, I have to kind of snap myself back to reality. I mean, I guess I'd have to really try them for myself before really passing judgment. But one of the things that I like the most about the regular AirPods is the ability to take them in and out so easily. I mean, it's it's totally effortless. Well, that's and it's maybe a second of effort. It's not hard. It's not like some headphones you do really have to be like, oh, let me get the seal just right. They've actually done a good job where it's easy to pop them in and out. But again, it requires slightly more effort, but not a lot. Uh, anyway, so yeah, people should give them a shot. Um, I don't think they're life-changing headphones, but they're, 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 they're pretty cool. I, I, I does validate my uh, decision not to get the AirPod twos or whatever, or I feel less bad about having waited for it. Right. Yeah. Cause you, do you never end up using, uh, the, the, Hey, uh, Hey voice assistant command I, do you? No, of course not. Ooh, that brings up the last thing. The other reason they're good is you can uh, it brings back the function of you know on the uh, the old iPod headphones or you could click the click once pause click twice skip song right so that's back so you you can you can go you can pause you can do skip track you can do previous track without having to do a voice assistant thing or engage your watch that's that's a legitimate upgrade and that's really great well you can you can tap the AirPods too, but people No, but you can't but you can't skip songs with it. You can basically uh say, Hey, tapping smacking your head twice um activates uh Siri or um it does play pause. Whereas this one does the like you want to skip forward thirty seconds in your podcast, you squeeze twice. Got it. Yeah. Sixteen inch MacBook Pro. So yeah, this seems sort of like the laptop everybody's been waiting for. Um, you know, I think in retrospect, this not having a public facing event makes so much sense because basically everything about the laptop is fixing things that are broken in their current laptops and which should have never been broken in the first place, mainly the keyboard. And I I don't know how you frame an event (laughs) around the idea that, hey, we're fixing this thing that we screwed up on. So keeping keeping it to press briefings seems smart. Any remarkableness of the introduction is only if you were paying attention and mad. Yeah, it's it's like watching a like an unimportant um or like a like a not headline grabbing congressional testimony thing. Like you have to be paying attention for it to be interesting to you at all. But I think you know. I mean, now they're. This is what we were chatting offline about today like they're in this weird position which which will go away over time but they're currently in a position where if you want a mac laptop without a crappy keyboard you have to get the biggest most expensive one which is is just kind of crazy yeah and it's not even a crappy keyboard a keyboard that's designed to fail like you you can even think that it stinks from minute one but it's not even that it's just that's gonna break it will break yeah my crunchy number keys or my crunchy arrow keys are a testament to that. And have you, you've had your 15 inch for maybe a year and a half now. Have you escaped it so far or have, do you have any fussy keys? No, so far I have no, no fussy keys yet. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
But yeah, this thing, it, it, I mean, it basically checks all the boxes, right? It's mm-hmm. a scissor, scissor switch. Well, okay, well, I, I want to hear what you think is missing, but um, scissor switch, is that, that's the term, right? Mechanism? Mm-hmm. Um, the um, uh, T-shaped arrows. The, the inverted T. The inverted T. Mm-hmm. The dedicated escape button. Key. <laughs> key, whatever. Um, you know the you know more space between each key. So you know, so slight, but yes, yeah, more key travel. They you know Apple's even calling this a magic keyboard in a laptop, and I you know I have one of the magic keyboards for when I have my uh, MacBook Pro hooked up to a monitor here at home. Which man, do I miss that right now? <laughs> um. And the Magic Keyboard's great. So if this thing is similar to that, then it sounds like, well, what keyboards and Apple's laptops should have been for the past three years. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous about the branding because even though I'm like married to the the split keyboard and the Microsoft Sculpt thing, uh, the Magic Keyboard is a very good example of what a good low tr- low travel keyboard can be. So hopefully this one doesn't have some like terrible defect that comes to light in six months but yeah it seems better um like the key travel is still not tremendous but most of the reviews say that it is a decidedly obvious improvement um and also that the keyboard is is much quieter which is nice but i mean yeah it's fine like it's a 2400 hundred dollar computer that is Still has the same port situation and no no MagSafe and and um still a 720p webcam and still has a touch bar that basically nobody wants. Um so yeah, I guess it's fine. I mean I like I I'm glad they improved it and that's great and people should count the wins that Apple Like this is the the difficult part where a lot of the coverage is like, well, Apple finally listened to the complaints of professionals and power users. And I guess that's half true, but also like I just feel like maybe that's giving them too much credit where they knowingly sold what is just objectively a bad and defective design for three years just because they couldn't be bothered. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they're getting maybe more credit than is deserved. I don't know. Yeah, I I think I, I largely agree with that where people i think are just so happy to have this device that they've sort of instantly forgotten all of the mistakes and hubris that that led to this yeah and like and i'm I'm somebody who like i just can't for a number of reasons one like i just i don't want to carry the weight and also like if you're if you're in coach like using a 15 inch laptop i mean that that's a business class and, and beyond type thing like i can't buy i still have to deal with this a 13 inch macbook pro with with crunchy keys and where i had to remap the caps lock key to be my escape key like that sucks and i probably won't get a serviceable laptop that i can buy for like another six to nine months that sucks so i know so they've fixed one computer uh which is probably like i I assume the 13 inch macbook pro and the macbook air are their bread and butter right i assume the 15 inch is probably a low lower volume seller right there was something, I guess, in the press presentation about the current, well, and now previous 15-inch MacBook Pro 
being the most commonly sold pro Mac laptop. So I don't, I guess that 13 inch pro is not very popular. Hmm, I don't buy that. I mean, maybe, well, but I, I mean, don't, Apple, well, Apple's not going to lie about that. So if they, if they say that, then it's, mm, well, no, but what is the definition of pro? No, I, I think, they... it, it, no, it's, it's literally like the MacBook pro line, like whatever. I mean, there's only two of them, the 13 and the 15. I think the, the implication was that the 15 has sold better than the 13. Hmm. Cause I think if you're, if, if I, I, and that actually kind of makes sense to me because if you're a normal person buying a laptop, you wouldn't buy a MacBook Pro. Like that, that, that's been the case for a long time. I mean, it's the reason Apple had to bring back the MacBook Air was because it was just so damn popular that, you know, they couldn't get rid of it. Hmm. I'm skimming this article. I'm not, I'm not seeing it, but maybe, I guess, I don't know. I see most people, like most non-developer people that I know have the 13. I don't know. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's it. I mean, good, sort of, but again, I just feel like lauding too much praise on fixing a computer that cost too much and was designed effective is not really worthy of of much. Yeah, exactly. It's like throwing like a $100,000 party to celebrate giving 10000 to charity. You know what I mean? Or like a, you know, president who starts a trade war and then tries to take credit for when a... Uh, trade deal struck with a country that we had already had a trade agreement with. Huh, how's that carrier plant? <laughs> Is Foxconn open in Wisconsin or wherever the fuck? Uh, I can't I can't even think about that. Uh who is Scott Walker? Hold on, Scott Walker. Is he the guy? He is oh, the guy. Oh yeah, he it was it was him, it was Paul Ryan, it was it was the all, all <laughs> Paul Ryan. <laughs> Can that be the show title? I don't think you published that but I'm going to put it in the possible possible options. I dare oh, I I I would be so proud if you picked it but I know you won't. All right. Um and then you can put a link in the show notes to the CNET article. We're not going to talk about it, but he said something really dumb at the end. And it doesn't even read like one of those things where you're like, "Oh, well he just misspoke." No. No, he basically said only kids who have schools that can afford $2500 laptops have the uh wherewithal to succeed in in life and that was wow it's kind of like and, uh and he he is he is phil schiller you, you didn't say his name oh do I, I just okay i yeah not paul ryan oh yeah no that sounds like something paul ryan would say though <laughs> uh, that actually feels like something mitt romney would say yeah if they want to succeed they get a good laptop work hard don't pay more than a penny in taxes than you should um and then that's that's pretty much it um oh and we won't talk about it but the uh the dara kajaswahi interview on uh, axios was uh insane all right what do we have any lighthearted stuff in here oh can we can we uh go to what's tangentially follow-up related to uh blue bottle oh yes yeah this this shows all over the place but um there's one good thing that's happened this month, and it is, drumroll, uh, that the ginger molasses cookie is back. Um, although they are taking away plastic, uh, paper cups. So you win some, you lose some. Yeah, pretty good. That was always a thing where a friend of the show, Mike Hurley, had cited that uh, pairing a ginger molasses cookie with a New Orleans iced coffee was a very winning combination, and we can attest to that. 
Uh, it is also probably like 160 grams of sugar, but <laughs> don't don't think too hard. But um, that's pretty good. Yeah, I have I've not not had one yet, but um, I'm excited to, and I'm excited to try that new Blue Bottle uh, mobile app. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, f- I forget there is one at the ferry building. Uh, what is what is unexpected cold coffee corner? What what was this about? You sent me a picture of something that was very upsetting. It was sparkling cold coffee in a can. Oh yeah, that was disgusting. Ugh. Okay, because I'm a sucker. Like, well, actually, maybe maybe that just <laughs> maybe just that sentence. Um, but I am a sucker for specifically anything that's sparkling water related, and I will try almost everything. I will not try whatever White Claw is. We won't talk Ooh, about that, but apparently I, millennial. No, no, don't, don't. Well, no, don't, just, no. just some real time. Uh, well, not it's not really a follow up, but it's kind of an interjection here. <laughs> um, I tried my first White Claw this past weekend. Uh-huh. It was fine. It was, you know, I. It, it was fine. I'm not down with Boozy Lacroix. Like I think that's too. There needs to be more work in it. Yeah, I mean, it was. I don't, I'm not really sure exactly what the excitement's about. It was. It was okay. It's it's just one of those millennial things. Like they 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 killed the power lunch, but now they're trying to re retake the world with with boozy sparkling <laughs> water. Um, yeah. So yeah. So there was this thing that I found at the Berkeley Bowl, which was called sarsaparilla sparkling coffee, Ugh. and I was like, oh, this is this is worth this is like I'm gonna put my money on red. This is this is a three dollar fifty gamble I'm willing to take. Disgusting. Oh my god. It is the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life or tasted in my life. Not seen. I looked at it too, but I did taste it mostly. And that was, that was the problem. Yeah. I don't know. There seemed to be, that seems to be like the new energy drink land rush thing is just funky canned coffees. And, and cold brew is the new, is like the new like ginseng or taurine. It's the, just if you slap that on there, they think people won't buy it. And it's kind of true. I, I will try it once. Yeah. Cold brew is, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It really is, and the pricing pressure. Starbucks will charge you four seventy five for what is basically uh, nitrogen infused dirty water. No, I know. I've I've ordered just like a plain cold brew a couple of times, and have had to like double check that I didn't accidentally order some you know holiday special drink or something. Just given how high the price was. Well, because that's that was always the thing where iced coffee was always the cheap thing. It was always like a dollar seventy. Whereas like you get shuffle latte or something, a cappuccino, that was always like four dollars and ten cents. But now cold brew is at the it's the highest possible pricing. Is Pete's that way too, in terms of jacking up the price on that? Or does Pete's not have cold brew? No, they they do and it's yeah, way overpriced. <sighs> Wacky. Alright. Um anything else? No, I think I think that's that's about all we're that's about all we're capable of in the current state of things. Yeah. Uh there was one hold on. There was one thing before chef specials that I had. Oh no, that's mostly it. Uh, a couple of quick sports things. Congratulations to the Washington Walgreens. They beat the cheating Astros. Also, do you have any quick hot takes on our new uh San Francisco baseball's uh new uh second marriage? dad i have no idea who he is so no okay he's some really sketchy looking dude from the phillies not excited i think i need a new team i might co-opt the angels because i like nice uh, yeah is his name otani what's his name yeah yeah 
I don't know. The angels. I'll buy you. uh, I'll buy you a stuffed rally monkey. Uh, I don't want to go to Edison Field (laughs) or the Honda Center or whatever it's called. It hasn't been called Edison Field in a long time, but I appreciate the reference. But what is it called? This is Angel Stadium. I think it's just Angel Stadium now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What you got? I I don't. I don't really have anything. If I'm if I'm being honest. Killing me. I know. I haven't really been haven't really been purchasing new things. Um, this isn't I guess oh I guess okay this actually this isn't really a chef special but I had wanted to bring it up during the PG&E quick little discussion but just didn't have a chance to get get it in but um, I sort of stole a phrase from Jason Snell. I had a coworker ask me like oh hey like you know how how do you kind of deal with the um, the whole power outage thing. Mm-hmm. And Jason, on I think it was on the Six Color Secret Subscriber Podcast, maybe it was on Upgrade, he was just like, yeah, you know, I, I wish I could say that I had this big epiphany where I realized that not having the internet was so liberating and I got to like refocus on reading and kind of um, kind of living this great distraction-free life. But no, no, it was, just, it was terrible. Being disconnected is awful. And that's exactly how I felt. Like being without power and being without internet for a period of that time, um, it was it's just bad. It's there's no redeeming, no redeeming qualities there. So I don't know. Maybe my chef special is the internet and being constantly connected to it. It's got its problems, can, but can I it's point also you great. to Twitter dot com? <laughs> no, you can't because I use a third party app. I don't go to the, the website. Yeah, the con- <laughs> that doesn't mean you don't have ads around the uh, uh, infuriating stream of content <laughs> yeah that's 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 a that's a good point um yeah yeah kind of stinks yeah no uh the i don't remember the episode number but the first like 15 minutes of the two weeks ago upgrade episode was fantastic hyper local content because because yeah, jason is very even-handed when talking about things but he was also it was also just really very timely all right, um, my pick. So I will, I will. It's bundled in with, or, or it's unrelated, but I will remind people of the Trader Joe's turkey stuffing potato chips. But also, this is one that I always forget about. Um, do you ever use the scheduled sending feature in Gmail? No. Okay. Are you aware that it existed? Yeah, I think I've heard of it. Yeah. No. It's the best. I have always been. You know how like uh, Mike on Upgrade always try or always like waxes poetic about the. Um, mailbox like remember like there was like five years ago there was that thing where there was like so many apps trying to like reinvent gmail yeah i've never been into all those apps that want to snooze your mail and do like ai filtering of whatever whatever but uh scheduled sending is amazing because you can write an email uh at like twelve forty-five in the morning when you can't sleep and you can just schedule it to send at like six twenty where it looks like you're a really proactive on it person. It's the best. Uh, like creating the illusion that you're that you're on top of things. I love it. I guess I don't I don't really think about stuff like that. I just send an email when I send an email. I don't really care what time it gets sent out. If someone's judging me by what time I sent the email, then I I'm not really sure what to say to someone who thinks about things like that. <laughs> Well, if you want to give me some pointers on that so I can skip a year of therapy, that would be awesome. <laughs> but um, now you know what it's like to live in my head. 
that's the shit I think about um, where people are going to, Oh, why? Like what? Like where like they wake up at one thirty in the night and there's like, they can't sleep. And they're like, why am I getting an email at 1245 about this thing where instead I can be like, Hey, I'm, I'm awake. I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm probably on my fourth mile of my run at six twenty, and I'm just typing out this quick email. Maybe part of it is I'm about to enter a phase of my life where, you know, I'm going to be up at all kinds of odd hours and, you know, not being on a regular sleep schedule. So, oh, you, so you're going to, you're now going to be the person and it's, we're going to flip roles where you're the person on Slack at three thirty in the morning, <laughs> yes. finding out that Darth quit or that Darth's in hibernation. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is so sad. And I think I actually sent that at three forty in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I wish you the worst in terms of uh, lack of sleep. 